We're starting a new series today, and I'm really excited about this series because we're going to spend about four weeks just digging into something that follows on a lot from what we've been sharing. The last few weeks, we, we took about three weeks to talk about our approach to God, having a correct approach to God, knowing that he's the creator of the universe, but also the one that beckons us to call him Father, knowing that Jesus Christ as our high priest has made a way for us to boldly approach God without a fear of being a trespasser. And and then we spent some time last week just speaking about the blood of Jesus, how the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us gives us confidence when we approach God, that we're not standing in our own performance, but we're standing in what Christ has done for us. But I want to start a series today and spend about four weeks on it, and it's called Tuned In. Tuned In. So make sure you come back each week, all right, because we're going to take a journey together. The reason that we do series sometimes is you can read a thought in the Bible and you can think, that's going to take more than a week to communicate. But the good news is that we're a church family that are committed to a journey together so that we don't have to rush things, but we can stop and enjoy the journey together. If you need to miss a week, obviously we've got online church where we're going to be carrying on with this series as well. Now, as Christians, I believe that we should all have a number of things in common. As believers, followers of Jesus Christ, God lovers, however you want to describe yourself or term yourself, there's a number of things that we should have in common. Two of those things is this. The first one is, I believe we should all want to know God's leading in our daily lives. If we're now followers of Jesus, we should all now desire to know God's leading in our lives, especially in these unprecedented times where everywhere you turn, there's confusion, there's lies. Do you know, I'm okay in the morning until I turn the news on, anybody else. And that's when I start to worry about the condition of the world and everything that's unfolding. I was fine until I turned the TV on. So I've made a plan. I'm going to read my Bible before I turn the TV on because the Bible tells me what's truth and what's real. The TV tells me what it wants to know, what I need to know to make me get a little bit scared or fearful. They say no toilet rolls, toilet rolls sell out. They say no petrol, petrol sells out. I want to stand here and say, what if there's a God shortage? Maybe we'll be full next week. I don't know. Will it work that way if we spin it around? But we live in an unprecedented time where, where people are trying to get fear into your heart. They're trying to get you afraid so that you'll make scared decisions. Meanwhile, God wants you to hear his voice. God wants you to be led by him. And it's not wrong if you're a follower of Jesus to have a desire to know the voice of God and to be led by God's voice in your daily life. Also, we should also, number two, have a desire to know the will of God for our lives. It's a correct thing if you're a believer, someone that belongs to God, to not just desire his voice and to know his leading, but also to know his will for your life, his will for your family, his will for that situation that you're going through. And all your friends that don't know God are telling you to do this and do that, but deep down inside you know that that's not the best advice that you're being given. You need to know the will of God for that situation. Now, when we start to talk about hearing God and being led by God, obviously for some that can be confusing, especially if you don't yet know him. But don't worry, if you don't yet know him, we can sort that out this morning, right here, right now, today. But for those who do know God, maybe I've heard many Christians say this, I can't hear him. 
I can't hear him. Andy, you say to me that God's speaking. You say to me that, that God wants me to know his voice, that God wants me to know his leading, that God wants me to know his will for my life. That's all very well, Andy, but I don't think God speaks to me. I want to say that's not true. God speaks continually, and he speaks continually to everyone. I've written here, actually, the problem more often or not is not whether he is speaking, it's whether we're listening. So when we say God doesn't speak, I want to say the Bible declares, yes, he does. Maybe you say, oh, God only speaks to his favourites. The problem with that is God ain't got any favourites. He's only got one superstar and his name's Jesus Christ. The rest of us, we're all the same. If God speaks to one, he'll speak to all. If he won't speak to one, he won't speak to any. But it's not whether he's speaking. Often it's whether we're listening. Are we tuned in correctly to his daily leading? Now, when you look at the life that we're living today, again, you turn on the news and you see what's going on in the world. You see what's going on in Afghanistan. You see what's going on in our economy. You see what's going on in politics. You go see what's going on in all the different areas of life. I don't know about you. I want to hear God. I want to hear God's leading and God's voice in these unprecedented troubled times. Now, the question is, are we correctly tuned in to his voice, tuned in to his daily leading, his promptings, his wisdom? Or are we tuned in to the world that we've known as we've grown up from the moment of our birth? Because the sound of life can be very loud, can't it? The sound of the world outside of God with its influences and its preferences can be really loud. But also, the noise of your soul can be so loud, can't it? And sometimes the things that you're hearing, you know they're not God because they don't benefit you. It's like, a, it's like the baby living within you saying, me want that. And we've got to learn to know the voice of our soul. We need to know when we're speaking and when the world is trying to influence us by its voice. But also, we need to know as followers of Jesus Christ, the clear voice of God in the daily situations we're facing. You see, God don't want to meet you in church. He wants to walk with you every day. God doesn't want a relationship where you come and visit him for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. He wants to be there in your Monday. He wants to be there in your Tuesday. He wants to be there for the good bits. He wants to be there for the tough bits. He's not a God that's scared of real life. He wants to be a part of your everyday world. And I believe that God is speaking loud. But sometimes we don't hear because we're not tuned in to his voice so let's take a journey over the next four weeks and uh, just spend the next four weeks with a heart to try and discover how we can tune in to the voice of God. Not just when we're together, when the church comes to church, but when the church is at home, when you're alone, when you've got something that you need an answer from God for. And I believe if we spend this journey together, it's going to be time well spent. Now, here's my first key on this four-week journey that we're taking. To tune in successfully, you have to also tune out. To tune in successfully to something, 
you also at the same moment have to tune out. Now, a good example of this would be when you're driving down the road and maybe you're going from Hampshire into Surrey or you're crossing county lines in England and you've been listening to one channel or one radio station in the car and all of a sudden the radio station begins to get caught between two stations. Has anyone ever had that? And I know you all probably listen to CDs and that, but every now and then some of you are still listening to BBC Two or Radio Two. I don't know what you listen to. And, and you were fine when you were in Hants, but when you crossed into Surrey, suddenly now you're not hearing one broadcast, you're hearing two. And you can't hear either of them clearly because it's like they're competing with one another. Or another example would be is if you're heading somewhere and you've turned your GPS on or your sat-nav, whatever you call it, and you've set in there, I want to go to this street, this house, in this street, in this area. And so the sat-nav's very clearly going, turn left at the next restaurant or turn left at the next roundabout. And when you get down the road, turn right. But at the same moment, you've got somebody in the back seat that believe they know the way to that place better than the sat-nav. Now, you're driving. Now, again, women are better than this because you can concentrate on more than one thing at once. We struggle as guys with that. You can do a thousand things at once. For a guy, like if he's painting a fence, it's like, leave me. I'm painting the fence. You know, we have limited ability to spread our concentration. Come on, ladies. I thought that was a compliment now. I really did. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm driving, and, and Gina never does this. Never, I just want to just say that straight off about never has Gina done this to me. But sometimes I've had people in the car and you're trying to listen to Satnav and in the back, no, no, turn left, go straight ahead. Turn left, go straight ahead. Turn left, go straight ahead. And then you have to say, listen, I paid for the Satnav. Be quiet, please. Please be quiet. You're causing a confusion. I can't tune in to what the directions are. You know, sometimes, whether it's the example of somebody in the car that thinks they know better, or whether it's you crossing a line and having two radio stations playing at once, the problem is you're not tuning in correctly. And sometimes that's exactly what happens for us Christians. But we're trying to hear God. It's like we're tuning into God, but we haven't tuned out to the voice of this world or the patterns of this world. And so we're not hearing God clear, but God is speaking. He's speaking clear, but the problem is with our hearing. So what's the answer to that? It's to make a a conscious decision to tune in to one sound or one voice. Now, I love the way that Paul teaches on this in Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. If you're making notes, here's my first point. If you want to start hearing the voice of God clearer and being led by him more in your life, you've got to make up your mind to be a nonconformist. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to be a nonconformist. Now that will make sense when we read the book of Romans chapter 12. In verse 1 it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Listen to what it says in verse 2. Do not, do not conform to the pattern 
of this world, the sound of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, other translations say the renewing of your thinking. Then you will be able to test, hear, approve, know what the perfect will of God is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. So according to Paul, when he's writing in the book of Romans, he's saying, if you want to hear God clearly, the first thing that you need to do is purpose that you're going to be a nonconformist. What does that mean? That you're going to set in your heart that you're not going to try to fit in with the patterns and the wisdom and the advice of this life when it disagrees with God. Because if you're trying to listen to the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God, when they don't sing the same song, it's going to make a very confusing sound for you, the hearer. Does that make sense? Imagine if you're listening to uh, one channel and you're coming out of Hans and it's, it's say it's a Dancing Queen by Abba, young and king, only 70. And then suddenly you come into another one and it's like Meatloaf. Um, uh, no, we won't sing Meatloaf back out of hell. That won't be fitting. Um, uh, queen. We will, we will. Thank you, Nikki. That was awesome. Awesome. We have a Queen fan. Big Queen fan there. So you're listening to Abba Dancing Queen, and we will rock, and you're like, what is going on here? That's what life is like sometimes when, as followers of Jesus, we're trying to follow the ways of this life that sometimes disagree with God's ways. And we wonder why we can't hear him. It's because we need to be nonconformist and turn off the disagreeing wisdom of this world so that we can hear him. So we choose to no longer be conformed to the patterns, the ways, the thinking of this world, all this culture, this society we live in, when it defies God's ways and kingdom ways, when the ways of this world disagree with God's way that you should live, we choose God's way because God's way is the best way. Amen. So what is it to conform? I turned to the Webster's Dictionary to try and help me understand. And it said, to conform is to be similar or identical to, to be in agreement or harmony with, to be obedient or compliant towards the act uh, of being in accordance with the prevailing standards or customs of the age. And the example that it gives us is when a person feels a pressure, peer pressure, to conform to a current standard. And when they begin to conform to a standard, they become a conformist. But when a person says, I don't like that standard, I will not conform to it, they become a non-conformist. Everybody with me? 
What Paul is saying is if you want to hear God clearly, you have to become a nonconformist towards the wisdom and the philosophies of this age that you live in that don't agree with God. Because if you suddenly tune out of what this world is saying in its mixed up thinking and tune into God, you will know what is his voice and you will know what is his perfect will for that situation that you're facing. Now we understand that In this world, there's a lot of good advice. But there's also patterns, as Paul would call them, in this life that are not good. They come from philosophy and they come from humanistic thinking and they come from a thinking that doesn't acknowledge a creator God. We need to be able to recognize teaching and philosophy that's got nothing to do with the God that we belong to And have the courage to say, I will not conform to that pattern. It may sound nice, it may sound sweet, but it's not God's will for my life. Because you've got to understand, you see, this life that we're living in, society and culture as we know it, remember what the Bible says, that we're to be in the world, but we're not of this world anymore. When we got born again, we became citizens of the kingdom of God. Everybody believe that? Now, we live in this life as citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, there was another expression somebody once said that it was good for a boat to float on the water. But woe to the boat if the water gets in it. We need to make sure if our desire is truly to hear God more, to know his leading in our life, that we're tuning into his voice. And that means that we have to be tuning out from other stuff, other wisdom, other opinions, especially when it comes from a world that's under the influence of a God with a small g. Now, you know who I'm talking about. The Bible recognizes him in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. It says that the devil is the God of this age. Not a big G. Big G belongs to our God. Little G, insignificant G, belongs to him. But it says in God's word that the devil is the God of this age. What does that mean? He's influencing the thoughts of this age to bring everything to destruction, including you, your family, your finances, and every other thing that you value in life. So we need to understand when it is the voice of God and when it's not the voice of God. And when it's not the voice of God, we need to understand that the small g, the God of this age, is influencing the way of thinking in the society that we're living in, in the cultures that we've grown up in. We've got to make sure that we're putting the Bible on the center of the table of our life and not trying to tune in to two people giving directions. Everybody with me? Now, if God's word says that certain patterns or thinkings are not correct or normal, we need to make sure that we don't conform to them, find any agreement, harmony, 
or allegiance with them. Now, I love the way that the Passion Translation colours this verse in. It says this in verse 2 of Romans 12. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but rather be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to be able to discern God's will and voice as you live now a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his sight. Again, same verse, coloured in slightly. And Paul is warning the people then, and I'm warning you now, don't feel obliged to the teaching or the ways of this age when they clearly disagree with the ways that God says you should live. Purpose to be non-conformist. And don't just try and fit in. So what is a non-conformist? Again, the dictionary helped me to understand this. Here's two definitions. A non-conformist is a person who does not conform to prevailing ideas or practices in their behavior or their view. And it's interesting that the second uh, example that they give of a nonconformist actually speaks about the early English church. It says, a nonconformist was a member of a Protestant church which dissented or didn't agree and came away from an established church in England because the established church in England started to teach things that were not in the Bible. And a nonconformist, according to the dictionary's definition, was a person that said, that's not in the Bible, so I don't count it as true. What we need to do now is not become nonconformist to the church, but we need to become nonconformist or no conformist to the voice of this world and the teaching of this world when it disagrees with what God says is a perfect and beautiful way to live. Kingdom life needs to be what we're tuned into. But we need to recognise when we're hearing another channel but not feel obliged to be true to it. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 to 5 says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Then it says in verse 5, we choose to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, now bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is how a non-conformist, one of God's non-conformists, live. We walk around the life we're living in. We understand and we're a part of culture and society. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We now belong to God. But when we suddenly hear culture or society say something about raising our children, what, it, what things are correct in other aspects of life like moral, morality, identity, how we treat people, how we are to um, love people, how we to see ourselves. And we hear these things that disagree with what God says. We need to be brave enough and courageous enough to go, I'm turning you off so that I can stay tuned in 
to what God is saying about my morality, what God is saying about my finances, about what God is saying about my marriage. I want to know what God says is normal for loving someone. I want to know what God says is normal for how to treat someone. I want to know what God says is normal about how I should live my life. So you've got to tune out to tune in. Now, when I look back on my life, I think I've always been a nonconformist. And I don't think I was very, very much a positive nonconformist in the early years. There was something in the early model of Andy Elms that just would not conform. You say wear blue, I wear black. You say do your hair like this, I'll do my hair like that. There was some, when I look back on my life, like the Pet Shop Boys said, it's always with a sense of shame. I always was the one to blame. But there was a nonconformist in me. But if you said, you must do this, there was something nonconformist in me that said, I will not do that. If you said, I will not do it, I will do it. If you say, do it, I will not do it. And I look back on the nonconformist of who I was in my formative years, even into my 20s and a little bit longer. But now when I see the nonconformist in me, I know that the nonconformist isn't fueled by pride or arrogance, but by God's obedience and obedience to what God says is right. My conformity is to what God says is a correct way to live, not the shifting patterns of a world that itself is in a state of confusion. Now the Bible says to conform as a biblical pattern for the word conform throughout the Bible. And to conform, again, it says to be someone that submits to another person's pattern, fashion, or you make yourself adjust to what they want you to be. I want to say to you, if you're a follower of Jesus, don't feel any obligation to become anything that the world says you should be. Set your heart on being everything that God says you already are. Live the life that he says you should live. It'll be the best life you've ever lived and others will be treated correctly. If we want to hear God and know his leading in our daily lives, we need to purpose to no longer try and fit in with the ways and the patterns that stand in direct opposition with God. We need to be a people that have got courage and boldness in our heart. You say to me, Andy, I want to hear God clearly. I want to know the will of God for me, for my family, for this situation that I'm facing. Then I say to you, make sure you tune out of the advice that's coming from this world. A lot of it fueled by the God of this age that has nothing good in his heart towards you. Tune out and tune in. Get your head in the Word of God. We're going to look at a subject next week called Brainwashed or Transformed. That's going to be a good title for a good subject. And we're going to look how God wants us to experience our lives being completely transformed. But he says we will never experience transformation until we begin to make his word the way that we choose to live. But again, you meet some Christians that are full on for God's way. Sadly, you meet some Christians that are full on for what's not God's way, 
but a lot of the time you meet Christians that have got one foot in God's way and one foot in a contrary way of living that doesn't agree with God. And they wonder why they live in a complete state of confusion. Because a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. God wants us to get unconfused. How do we get unconfused? We make a decision that we're not going to feel obliged to conform to the things of this world when they disagree with the ways of God. Rather, we're going to become adamant, we're going to become stubborn, we're going to become courageous and say, no, I purpose for as for me and my house, we are going to live our lives God's way. You may not like it, but I'm not asking for you to like it. If the cat gets upset when it's first first stroke the wrong way let the cat turn around I'm going to keep on stroking I know that God's way of living is the perfect way of living come on we need to show this world some people that know where they're going we can't be walking around this world confused like people that don't know God come on we've got the perfect way of loving the perfect way of living the perfect way of giving the perfect way of how to live out a life that's actually perfect in the sight of God. Why would we try to tune in to something of lesser value? Now we've got to tune in. Get our minds set on what God's speaking. Like I said at the beginning, the issue isn't, is God speaking? The issue is, are we listening? Are we tuned in? Here's another one of my favourite verses. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. You now belong to Jesus. Set your hearts. Let's reword that. Tune in your hearts to things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. Tune in your minds to things above, no longer earthly things, especially when they disagree with God. For you have died in Christ and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him. I want to encourage you as we take this journey the next four weeks. Let's all purpose in our lives that we want to tune out from sound that doesn't agree with God. So that we can all tune in. And in our daily lives, begin to hear God clearer than we've ever heard him before. I want to close with this example. And I heard about this recently. And it's the example of the loneliest whale in the world. Now, I'm not talking about whale as in the place whales. Like, hello, boyle. I'm not talking about whales, all right? Because people get confused with the way I speak. I want to talk about the loneliest whale in the world. I'm not talking about a whale that you put a bucket down. I'm not talking about Newport, Cardiff. Hello, boy. I'm not talking about putting a bucket down. I'm talking about a whale, a big fish, like what at Jonah. Everybody with me? Apparently, there's a whale in the world. Did I say that right? Whale. Whale in the world. And it's the loneliest whale in the world because it communicates at 52 hertz while other whales communicate between 10 and 39 hertz. So apparently a whale, not Newport, Cardiff, a little boil, none of that, a whale, a fish, they communicate on a frequency of 10 to 39 hertz, but there's one whale in the world, and he communicates at 52 hertz, which means the reason that he's lonely 
and isolated is on a different frequency to all the other whales in the sea. It doesn't conform or fit in with the other whales because it's tuned in to a completely different frequency. Now, that's really sad for the whale. Everybody go, oh. But the principle is really good for us. Because I love the way that Erwin McManus put this. And he's a minister from California. And he said, what if we were made to hear God, but we tuned out from his voice to another frequency? But God is now inviting you to tune back in to his frequency. What if when God made Adam and Eve and we believe in creation, what if when God made Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were tuned in to hear the voice of God in their everyday life? But because of the fall that came through their disobedience, the stupid stuff that they did, the love of sin, the love of evil, humanity became tuned out. God has been speaking But we've been listening at 52 hertz. What if when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he sorted out the frequency problem? And now there's a God in heaven that's speaking over your life. That doesn't want you to hear from the pastor alone on Sunday morning. But he wants you to hear him when you open the Bible. He wants you to hear his voice in the quiet moments of your day. What if we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to tune out from the other noise so that I can tune in to hearing you? Do we have a desire? Do we have the courage to be non-conformed to the patterns and the sounds of this world? Do we have the courage to tune in and say, Lord, forgive me for not listening to what you're saying. Forgive me for listening to the junk that's coming over media and the philosophies of men that haven't even worked it out themselves. God, our purpose today, I've been listening to them for far too long and I've really not arrived anywhere. So I'm turning them off. Not so that I can live in silence, but that I can tune in to the voice of the God in heaven that loves me and has made me according to his image. I believe that that's the first step to each and every one of us genuinely being able to hear God in a clearer way than we've ever heard before. Next week, I'm going to carry on and we're going to look at and answer the question, are we brainwashed as Christians? Or are we actually those who are being transformed into a life that's greater than we ever believed was available? I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're here and you say, yeah, enjoyed the, uh, the worship today, enjoyed the praise. That's an interesting message, Andy. But I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not asking, did you go to church when you were growing up? Because you can, you can spend the night in McDonald's, it won't make you a hamburger. This is about 
a question that says, have you got a relationship with the God who made you to be his friend? Not Cinderella, not a slave, not an experiment that he uses to have, no, a friend. But there's a God in heaven today that loves you beyond anything you've ever known love to be. That will never force himself upon you. But he's made a way through what he did with his son on the cross for you to now have not a religion about him, a relationship with him. And all that's needed for that to happen is for you to believe in Jesus and have a desire to start a relationship with God. I want to pray a prayer and we're going to pray this together. And as we do, I want you to pray it from your heart. And if you don't yet have a relationship with God, afterwards I'm going to just give you an opportunity to start one. Let's pray this together, shall we? Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are speaking. I want to hear your voice and know your voice. Not the voice of religion or the voice of confusion. The voice of the one who made me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. That he gave his life so that I could have a new life. But Jesus shed his blood as payment for everything I've done wrong or could ever do wrong to bring me back into the family of God. I believe in you, Jesus. Save me today. Give me a brand new beginning. Amen. Just mind every head's bowed, every eye's closed, just to give each other privacy. If you're here today and you've, you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you've, you did but you've walked away, and today you say, boy, Andy, you're right about saying this world's in a mess. I want to follow someone who knows where he's going. Hey, good news, Jesus knows where he's going. Hey, Andy, I don't, I don't want to do religion. That's brilliant, nor do we. Welcome to family church. But I do want to start a relationship with God that will affect my life here and eternity to come. If you prayed that prayer today and you've never known the Lord or you've been away from the Lord, I want you to do one thing for me. Just my every eye is closed, every head's bowed. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you if you would be really brave, really bold, courageous, fearless. I'm going to ask you if you would stick your hand up. And when you're sticking your hand up, you're saying, I prayed that prayer for me today. I, I don't know what it means. I just know I need God. And if this is the beginning, I'm in. So I'm going to count to three and no one's looking around. The only one that's going to see you is God, me and you. One. Everything could start today. Two, this is the beginning of a new tomorrow. Three, lift your hand if that's you today. God bless you, I see that hand. 
just going to wait a couple of moments. You've got nothing to lose. You've got everything to gain. God bless you. I see those two hands. God bless you. I see that third hand. That's one, two, three, four. That's awesome. God bless you. I see that fifth hand. Come on, there's others this morning. You've got nothing to lose. You've got absolutely nothing to lose. But what if I'm right? You've got everything to gain. Thank you. You can pop your hand down. Father, I pray for these people today that you would make yourself so known to them that, Father, they would know that something has changed deep within. I pray that you would protect them from religion and you would help them to know that you are so in love with them, it's ridiculous. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you lift it, come on, let's give God a big round of applause.